Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Don't Miss This Podcast, a Come Follow Me study with Emily Bell Freeman and David Butler. We fill this show up with all the things we think you don't want to miss in the scriptures every week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. I am David Butler. I'm Emily Freeman. Welcome to Don't Miss This. We're so happy that you're here. And we're happy, we're not happy that summer's ending. Yeah, who's happy about that? <laughs> no. no one. Well, moms. Oh, okay. Who are happy to send their children back. Except for we hate homework. That's true. I would like to write a letter to whoever's the boss of all homework in the world and okay. say, why do we even do it? There's a couple of things I want to get rid of. That's one of them. <laughs> um, mosquitoes. Mosquitoes, homework, alligators. Oh, you hate alligators. So much. <laughs> okay. If it's your first time, um, we move through the scriptures uh, following the Come, Follow Me curriculum. And uh, we're in the Old Testament this year. Uh, and uh, we just ended something called the Summer of Heroes, where we focused on a bunch of new friends, heroes we met throughout the entire summer. And now, now we're so happy because we have that whole bank of good stories. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And now... We're moving into the Psalms, and this is really cool. It's like, it's like perfectly placed in our study for the year, I think. Just because fall feels like a, a time to kind of like, like just resettle. Like yeah, just, settle in, yeah, it's just restructure. Like, right, school's going to start, all those things, and it's just kind of like fall feels like, a, okay, all right. And cozy, too. You kind of want to just cozy in and yeah. read. So there's actually... Eat carameled apples. Why yeah. shouldn't you eat carameled apples while you're watching or while you're reading the Psalms? Okay, there you go. Um, we are... Okay, so we have the timeline and let's add this piece on because it will kind of help introduce the Psalms a little bit. So you remember we've kind of been through up top left through the whole history of the children of Israel, the split of the kingdoms and then the downfall of the northern kingdom, the southern kingdom being taken off into captivity and then returning... Um, King Cyrus from Persia brings them back, right? And then they are back in the land of Israel when the Old Testament ends. So that's the kind of history. the history that goes through. Now we're going to start going in and filling in some of these blank spots. And right over here is the section where you're going to find the psalm. So we're going to put up piece number 33 right here. And we put it up in this section because a lot of the psalms are actually attributed to King David as the writer of a huge number of them. So they're kind of in this spot in the timeline, the timeline of where the, the kings are, of where David comes on the scene and everything right there. So interestingly, um, the Psalms are, are uh, the Psalms a lot of Bible scholars believe were written during the time of the exile. The exiles when that kingdom goes into Babylon. We're gonna we'll use that phrase again and again and again, and you'll hear it pop up. The time of the exile. It's when they're out of the land of Israel for the 70 years in Babylon. And a lot of people believe that's when they really compiled together a lot of what the Old Testament really is. Because it was kind of like, wait, who are we as a people? Mm. Like, what's our story? What's our because there was a scattering of the northern kingdom and now the southern kingdom taken away from their promised land, it's sort of like they have an identity crisis. And it's like, we've got to reroute ourselves in what our story is. So that's when the Old Testament writings started to be compiled and pulled together, including uh, the book of Psalms, 
which sort of is a, um, a mini Bible. One of our favorite um, Bible scholars, teachers, writers, Tim Keller, this is what he said about the Psalms that I think is um, really interesting as we jump into them. He says, the Psalms are a mini Bible. They cover all the topics. So if you don't want to read the whole Bible, you can just read the Psalms. That's what we're saying to you. This is a benefit right now. Um, they are meant to be prayed, sung, felt, and done. The Psalms lead us. Here's a couple things that he says. Lead us to do what the psalmists do. To commit ourselves to God through pledges and promises. To depend on God through petition and expressions of acceptance. To seek comfort in God through lament and complaint. To find mercy from God through confession and repentance, to gain new wisdom and perspective from God through meditation, remembrance, and reflection. So it's like the Psalms were put together very, very particularly with a lot of these different themes in mind that allow us to, what is it, to pray, to sing, to feel, and to do what the psalmists originally did. And I love that it talks about they're meant to be felt. Yeah. Because they really do pull at your heartstrings. A lot of them do. You can feel the emotion as you're reading through those. And and on on that note, um, one other uh, scholar I was reading from this week was saying that when they went into exile, one of the things that they missed the most was the temple. Remember, the temple mm. was destroyed and they left the temple. And the temple was designed architecturally and ex- to be an experience you would have heard the chanting. You would have smelt the the yeah. incense. You would have you would have seen the beauty of it um, when you were there in the temple. You were in the presence of God. Yeah, it was an you experience. Were, right, right. It was and meant now, to be experienced. And now they don't have that anymore. So the Psalms were designed to sort of be a, a literary temple, not a literal temple, literary a book version of a temple to kind of help you hear your story and walk back into the presence of God, but through words. Yeah, I love that so much. In our Bible dictionary, if you look up Psalms, it'll tell you 73 were ascribed to David. So if you're wondering how many, that is how many there were. And um, I love that as you go through um, and think about them, you'll see a word often in there. It's Selah, S-E-L-A-H. Is that our word for the week? No. No, I wish it was. Um, can have two. It means to pause, um, to just settle into what you're learning there. And because it was musical, some suggest that it was a pause in the music where then you would start back up again. But I love that word, Selah, just that pause. Mm. Um, sometimes I put that up in my kitchen if I'm in a really busy time in my life, just to remind myself to just take pauses where you just feel and experience and think about what's going on. I love that thought there. Um, We have a tip-in for you this week, and the tip-in is going to be helpful because it's going to show you the themes that are in Psalms by how many times you will find it in there. So by far the biggest theme is praise and thanksgiving. The next biggest is lament, but then within the Psalms we're going to learn about wisdom, Messianic means anything that has to do with Jesus, trust, and then the hope for Zion. So that's kind of how the Psalms are split up. We're going to split them into three themes, three lessons. This first one is going to be on trust. The second one will be on lament. 
And then the third one will be on praise and thanksgiving, because that's the happiest one. Yeah. Everyone. <laughs> so you, maybe you'll put this at the very beginning of your book of Psalms. Um, and we were thinking, we're not um, obviously reading the entire Old Testament this year because there are so many pages in it. But this is a time where you maybe would want to put together a little reading schedule. If you wanted to read the entire book of Psalms, it would not be hard to do. It, it equates to about four pages a day. And that's kind of what we did as we were preparing for this lesson. And as we dive into this was to think, how would we read this at home? How would we teach this at home? And if by chance you're teaching it in Sunday school or in your class on Sunday, what would it look like to put together a lesson on the Psalms these three weeks? And as we talked about it, we thought one of, um, one of the things that we would suggest or that we're going to do in ours is to tell the people who we're teaching, bring with you something that represents trust. And as you're reading through the Psalms, you're going to see some awesome one-liners in there. There are so many. We could have filled up this entire board. In fact, both of us filled up our whole books with just these one-liners. And they might make you think of a picture or they might make you think of a quote or something in your yard or one word or a phrase or a story or a song. This would be such a fun week to gather everything you know about trust um, by picture, by quote, by word, by phrase, by song. What do we learn about trust this week is kind of what we are leaning into. Yeah, and you'll find this first section of Psalms. So when you divide them up equally to be like four to five pages a day, if you want to read the whole book of Psalms for the first time in, in your life, maybe, which I think would be super, super mm. cool, especially August as you come into that new right rhythm and everything just to like, hold on, let me get a full overview again you know, of the, of the themes, of God's themes, yeah. you know, of his story as, as I jump into this. One through 46 would be what you would want to finish by the end of week one. Um, these aren't all only about trust, but we just are going to kind of focus on, lean into a little bit more trust in this first week. And then you're going to find trust, lament, praise, thanksgiving, hope. All over. Just scattered throughout the entire thing. And so don't feel like you have to feel constrained to only find trust ones, but it might be neat to kind of find a, a theme per week or something to, to, to focus on. Um, one of the things that we have in here, so we have six boxes and we divided up the six readings so that you can have a day to catch up or something like that. Or if on the last day of the week, you want to kind of compile, here are my best one-liners all together. Um, if you or, or, and kind of what we have your, your own Psalm of trust, you can write your own, or maybe you'll just take the one liners you found throughout the week and kind of compile them together. That's what I did for mine is as I was going through and looking at the reading, I just pulled out the one phrase that I loved most from that day's reading. And then it ended up being this Psalm that is such a, um, kind of, talks about my life right now, what I'm looking at right now and what my needs are right now, my psalm of trust. It says this, shout for joy, declare his doings, set up your banner, believe to see, turn mourning into dancing, delight in your way, follow the thing that God is, be still and know that I am God. 
And I love that thought of just leaning into um, that trusting and hoping and finding joy in who God is. And so if you want to do something like that, where you pull together your own psalm, then what you would want to do is each day as you're doing your reading, look for the one line that just stands out to you that you're like, oh, that is the line that I want today to be about. That's what I'm going to ponder about today. That's what I'm going to think about today. And just write down one every day this whole week. And then you'll have that psalm of trust by the time you're done. Yeah. And then you could like, what we did is then found, took that one line that we liked and found like a picture or a word or something that kind of was a reminder of it that you can write out. You can cut out pictures from magazines. You can kind of like those inspiration boards Mm -hmm. sort of idea in your house or in your journal here, you could put them in or, or something like that, just to really kind of lean into these. So um, we're, what we're going to do is kind of we take them by their chunks, by their daily reading chunks, and just point out a couple of things from those particular um, psalms that we just uh, that were standouts um, to us. So it's like a, a best of best of psalms yes, for the next three weeks. Awesome. You know, is what we're gonna is what we're gonna do. And you have a little lipstick on your teeth. Mm. Thank you. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. But you didn't have it at the beginning. Like okay, I didn't yeah, wait just, this long to tell you, just so know. you know. Good job. You barely just got it. Okay. So in this first section, one through 11, I, my favorite psalm in here is one, the very first one. It seems like a kind of an introductory psalm mm. to the whole book. And I, and I think it's really neat. I love it starts off with that phrase, blessed is the man or happy is the person right? Almost declaring right at the very beginning of the Psalms, whatever your situation might be, blessedness and happiness are a possibility, mm. right? Like they are something that it's, it's not, it doesn't come naturally necessarily. It's not like default, right? Yeah. But it is obtainable. Yeah. I love that. And so it starts off and then it just gives this device, um, advice. I don't know why I just said <laughs> a device. Um, the first verse is how not to find happiness. But the second verse is how to find it. And it says, his delight is in the law of the Lord. That would be translated in Hebrew as Torah, in the writings, in the story of the Lord. Mm -hmm. That's where their delight is. And in those writings and in his story, doth he meditate day and night. And the imagery is that person is like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. And this is really cool, this image of a tree. On one end, it's kind of like taking you back to the Garden of Eden, right? In this tree, that Mm -hmm. you know, this living tree. And so you kind of have that, you know, imagery. But second, this idea of that, I think it's neat that it says, it'll bring forth fruit in season. Meaning there's going to be seasons where there's not fruit. There's going to be seasons where... It's not, it doesn't seem to be flowering and producing, but the tree always has leaves, which means it's always alive, Mm. even though. And so it seems to be saying that happiness is not found so much in the fruits or like in the, in the results of life, but rather in the roots, Mm. right? Where are you planted? And he says, plant yourself by living water. Let your roots meditate in that day and night and let that be where you get your your lifeline from is not with what happens on the outside, but what's going on, you know, on the, in, where are you planted 
is, is seems to be the question of, of Psalms 1. And I, that imagery is always just really neat to me to think of this tree that's just mm-hmm. like, you don't see it. Yeah. Its roots are down in the waters. They're, Which that's I where love they it. Just are. It reminds me of that hike I took several years ago. Our family was in St. George and we decided to go on this hike. And not all of my kids are big hikers. In fact, our whole family is not really a hiking family. <laughs> is yours? Uh, Jenny loves hiking. Her siblings love hiking. I, I'm okay with it, but like I don't like adore it. Okay, yeah, that's how we are. But this was such a fun hike for non-hikers because you hike up the whole hike in a riverbed. And um, mm, it's cool. it, the, the water just barely flows like to your ankles and you hike up. And so that was intriguing. So I said I would go, but I kind of was dragging my feet a little bit. And my little nephew Camden was like, you are going to love the tree on the hike. You are going to love the tree. He kept telling me, wait until you see the tree. Well, we get on that hike and we start going. And you guys, there are thousands of trees on the hike. (laughs) Thousands. We're in a riverbed. There's like trees everywhere that truly I'm like, how's he going to know when we get to the tree, the tree, tree, you know, (laughs) because it could be any, and I'm trying to be super present on the hike. And so I'm like looking at every tree to see if it's the tree. And then it was so awesome because we came around this one bend and there was the tree. Like even if you went on the hike, you would, I wouldn't even need to be there. You would know oh, that's it the was tree. the tree when you get there because it's so big, but it has these branches that like, you kind of want to go rest in the tree. Like mm. you're, you don't just want to stand under it. You like want to get in it. You know, you want to climb on the boughs and it, it kind of has all these shady spots where you could just sit and be for that time. And that's what I love about this tree that you're describing is it's kind of a welcoming in to life, you know, like share this part of life with me and do this part. Do you need shelter? Do you need rest? Do you need shade? Uh, What do you need? Mm. But for some reason, the tree is going to provide that Selah. That's what it's Mm going to provide for you there. And I love the thought of that. On that same hike, there is another thing that happens that reminds me of something that I read in Psalm 17. Um, Because you get all the way up and then you get to a part where the river starts getting deeper and deeper. And then all of a sudden there's this waterfall that comes down and you've been walking in the bed of the river. Obviously, you're can't go up the waterfall. I mean, it's not that tall, but how would you get up? You couldn't. There there would be no way, way to hold on to anything. Plus, the pool of water is so big right at the bottom of the waterfall. So we kind of thought we were done with the hike. And then you look up on the right-hand side, and someone had carved footholds into the side of these straight up and down walls and hooked a rope. Hmm. that is just permanently there. So the bravest person has to do the footholds by themselves to get over to where the rope is, and then they throw it back, and then each person who comes up can use that to go up and on to this next part of the hike. And I love when it says in Psalm 17, 5, hold up my goings in thy paths, that my footsteps slip not. Hmm. And one of the things I love about the Psalms 
is that there's visual, the tree, um, these footsteps that won't slip. Like you start being able to visualize what life might look like with the Lord. And I love as I read the Psalms to be looking for what would teach me this in nature? How would I experience this um, in, just in my life, in the world where I am right now? Where does that one line fit that would help me through my daily walk with the Lord? The third section kind of has a, an, an imagery that you're going to be familiar with. Mm-hmm. It's maybe the most famous psalm of all the psalms in the world in this 20 through 27. And it's uh, the Psalm 23, which is the Lord is my shepherd. And the whole thing is just a painting. Ha <laughs> ha. And we actually have a painting. I didn't even mean to say that. But um, the whole thing really is this painting of the Lord as the good shepherd and what that looks like. But it's all in context of, of sheep, right? Where it just says, we love that beginning one because, I, w- I always want to put the word because at the beginning of verse one, mm. because the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Like you won't be in desperation. Um, he, he helps you lie down in green pastures. He leads you beside where still waters are. He restores your soul. Um, he leads you in the paths of righteousness. Even though, It says in verse four, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil because he is with me. That's that. This is where the idea of trust, like I think is painted so well in Psalm 23 because it's like, oh, that's what a sheep does, Mm -hmm. right? A sheep like trusts in their shepherd. Um, They trust them to lead them to safe places, to water. They trust them to lead them through the valley of the, of the shadow of death. Um, and I'm not afraid because he's with me, his rod and his staff, like he will be a defender and a guider. And then my favorite line is, oh, well, second to favorite, you know, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. It's interesting that it's just like, even if your life has enemies in it, you can still sit down and enjoy the feast in the presence of your enemies. Like life doesn't seem to ever promise to eradicate opposition, Mm. right? But you can still sit and feast in the presence of it, in the midst of it. You can find, right, the still waters there. And then my best line is six. Everybody, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And uh, so that Psalm 23 is one. Should you just memorize it? Yeah, but you missed my favorite line. Anointest my head? No, but I do love that one. Okay, my cup? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) My cup runneth over. Don't you love that thought of just, this is what life is like with Mm -hmm. me. Your cup is just going to run over. That's how good your life will be. And I love the thought of that. We have some property up high in the mountains, and people will run sheep on it in the summer. They'll just uh, be there. And there's a shepherd that always comes. I think he's from Peru, that um, he comes with his horse. And he is just with the lambs. If the lambs are there, you know he's there. Mm. You know he is. You you don't even doubt that he's just present in that area. And when we get up that high and we see the lambs, we start looking for the shepherds so we can say hello when we're up there. But don't you love the thought of that wherever the lambs are, the shepherd would be. Yeah, he's just that's constant. Really neat. 
Right, because right when you said it, it was like it reminded me of like where two or three are gathered mm. together in my name. Just like, oh wait, when I saw the sheep, I knew the shepherd was there. The same promise holds true. If I oh, if I see two or three gathered in his name, I, I know that he is going to be there yeah. somewhere. Yeah, it's so good. Um, the other part that I love, and there's so many good ones. Um, 27 is such a good one, but I'm going to skip to um, 30. And there's this one that is a psalm that I think to myself a lot in times that are hard or in times when I'm seeking trust. It says this, um, weeping, I'm in Psalm 30, verse 5, weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. And I love the thought that we can trust in that, that there will be weeping. There will be times in our life that are hard. And I love that the Psalms don't, hide the hardness of mm-hmm. life. Like we, we get to lament and we get to feel grief and we get to walk through the weeping moments. But I love also the reminder that joy will come in the morning. There, there will be joy again as we walk through those hard parts of life, that joy will come. And I like the reminder of that as we go through these. And it's neat that it's tied to the idea of the morning, right? Yes. Just like night doesn't last forever, yeah. right? Like yeah. the rhythm of the earth is a constant reminder to us. Like the rhythm of days is a constant reminder that just like, oh, it may go through the whole night. Yes. But there is a morning that's, that's yeah, that coming. Yeah, that will come. Yeah. Um, this next section um, one of my favorite parts is in Psalm 36. Um, I love this, this line. Um, How excellent is thy loving kindness. That's verse 7. Did you ever see Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? I should not like reduce the Psalms to Bill and Ted's. But like, no. it's such a good line. How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God. Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. And it's neat that it's just like his excellence and his loving kindness are what leads someone to, to trust him. Mm. You know, when you do those trust fall things, like you want to pick the strongest, kindest yeah. person, you know, mm-hmm. if you pick my brother, he really is going to let you fall for the funniness <laughs> of it, you know, but like the loving kindness and that word trust, the Hebrew word for it, chasa, um, is to flee for protection, to confide in, to have hope in and to make refuge. Like those are really cool ways to define. Um, th- actually, this is you will find the word faithfulness in scripture, but you don't usually find much of the word faith in Old Testament. I, I meant Old Testament scripture. The word is throughout the whole Old Testament to trust. That's the synonym that it's translated mm. as throughout the whole thing. So that's such a, a, um, a neat thing. But Okay, so put their trust in him, and then it says, They shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house, and thou shalt make them drink of the river of thy pleasures. That to me is so awesome. Yeah. That, like you were saying, that tree, the welcoming in, and, and that his house is fat, right? It is abundant. There is a never ending source for the anybody who wants to come and experience it. Mm. You know, I love that the Lord speaks in the language of abundance instead of the language of scarcity, scarcity. right? There's yeah. enough for everyone. And for with thee is the fountain of life, right? That's the, the very source of it. And in thy light, 
shall we see uh, light, are the verses, 7 through 9 is what I read there. And I love as you get to the end of this, there are a couple one-liners at the end too that I love, but one of them is in Psalm 42, and it's uh, verse 7. It says, deep calleth unto deep. And I love the thought of that. I think it is true. I remember when Meg was in high school, you were her seminary teacher, and she was struggling finding friends. And David had said to me, light brings light. And Megan is light. So she will bring light into her life. And and I love this thought too, that deep calleth unto deep. And when you were talking about deep roots at the beginning, it made me think, I want to find deep-rooted people in my life. I want to surround myself with deep-rooted people. And it talks about um, that that's how you hope in God, is in those times when deep calleth unto deep. And I love that thought of, of finding people with those deep roots at that time just to help build trust particularly in a time when it is so hard to find trust. And as I was thinking about this, I thought it reminded me of a tradition we did many years ago in our family that would be fun to do maybe for this month while we're studying the book of Psalms. We would gather together, all of us upstairs in the family room. There was a time when there were like 14 people living at my house all at the same time. Remember that time of yes, life? Yes, I do. It was crazy. But we would read scripture at night from 9.45 until 10. That's when kind of everybody was home and before everyone was headed to bed. And how we did it, because there were so many of us who were reading, is I would set the timer on the microwave. I would set it at 9.45 for 15 minutes. And we all read in the same place, but just to our own self. Everybody had their own marking pen. And the, when the timer went off at 15 minutes, you just were done. Wherever you were, everybody stopped. But then each person went through and shared, this is the part of the reading I needed mm. today, was this part. And how beautiful would that be when you were reading the Psalms? Yeah. Because everyone's part is, is going to just be this great one-liner in here. And then it made me start thinking to myself, at the time when we were doing that, it happened to be Thanksgiving. And so at the end of those nights, we would go right on these poster boards just that I got from Smith and hung on our pantry door um, the one thing we were grateful for. But it made me think, if you were reading with a group of people, it would be so fun to just gather psalms yeah. for the whole month. That do set your 15-minute timer, read with all those people, let everyone pick their one favorite line before you go to bed. Have everyone write their one favorite line down. You would just be surrounded by so many good lines for the whole month. Yeah, or, or you, like Psalm 1 says, you would be planted by the rivers mm. of water, right? Yes. Where he says like that that's an imagery of someone that meditates on the story of God on the goodness of God day and night. Like that's like the source of life and the source of light is to just plant yourself in it, to just yeah. sit in it and let it, you know, yeah, just act. Ah. It's, so, it's so good. And it's such an easy place to do that. The Psalms are honestly like, they're a go-to mm. spot to just try and find inspiration, to find those one-liners, to, to 
have a chance to do what it is that your soul needs to do. Souls yeah. need to rejoice. Souls need to hope. Souls need to lament. Souls need to confess. And it just, the, the Psalms, to go through the whole book of them just enables your soul to mm. experience all of those feelings and, and emotions and, and doings. Yep. So. And on your journal page, um, maybe you'll hang up posters, but hopefully your journal page will just be your favorite lines of trust from the Psalms this week. And then we'll do that again next week um, when we go through the Psalms and, and we learn how to lament. Yeah. I'm just looking at the back too and all yours. I'm just like, you guys, we <laughs> this is seriously old. I don't even know if we can call this the best of. It just was uh, yeah. sampling yep. is all it is because there's so much good stuff So many here. good things. Okay, enjoy y'all. See you next week. This audio was taken from a YouTube video from our YouTube channel. You can find us on YouTube at Don't Miss This. Also, sign up for our newsletter at don'tmissthisstudy.com and you can follow us on Instagram at Emily Bell Freeman and at Mr. Dave Butler. Thanks for listening. Bye.